This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. been at least six weeks since we saw that extraordinary performance of Kiss Live, the 70-something-year-old pensioners. Who said pensioner? Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show for Harrison Agents. We are Tasmanian. David Lithgow, and I'm joined by former Australian speedster. Got a grandstand named after him. Former property mogul. Never made any money when he sold them. Good morning to Brett Jeeves. Wow, what an opener. Just a gentle <laughs> reminder that I held property for the through the wrong period <laughs> yes, of Tasmanian yes. real estate history. Damn you, the financial crisis. But uh, yes. no, we're, we're doing well this morning. Uh, good That's morning good. to everyone out there. And I'm not sure they're on a pension, Kiss. Um, oh, no, no. I don't think the pension age, I mean. I don't, um, I don't think they're, they're lining up no. to, to collect their, their weekly government check. But... Uh, uh, how are you, mate? Good. You've, you've been busy. You called the netball. Gosh. Shield cricket, cricket. during the week. Jackies, yeah. Jackies, mm. uh, disappointing last weekend. Uh, they were a bit. Mm. Um, we're back there tonight, the Silverdown. That'll be exciting. The Brisbane board. Suddenly that... Are you driving like up for that? I am. Wow. Yes, I am. <laughs> Open home this morning. Half ten. Clifton morning. Beach, of course, mm. if you're in the area. That one might even go to auction, such as the interest. It's, uh, it's you, you, hot. You're very busy. Busy yes, man. That's good. Mm. Uh, it's amazing we're here because I forgot the key and we've got here with three minutes to spare. And the funny thing was, um, I still nearly beat Brett by 10 seconds. Hey, I'm here. I'm You're ready. Here. Terrific paper. Here. What have you been doing this week? Um, well, very, very busy in the in the Recklink world. Yes. We are a lot of um, preparing for a school sports tournaments. There's some basketball this week. So, Righto. heap of schools. Schools are, are hungry for sport at the moment. So, yes. um, huge in um, huge uptake of registrations. I think 13 boys teams and eight girls teams, which Isn't is a bit great? of a record for for some basketball for us in the south. Um, yeah, lots, lots happening. Lots of kids' sport, lots of basketball. Cricket kicks off this weekend. Um, like everyone out there, the, the the world's a bit mad at the moment. We're just kind of surviving, not thriving, but um, all is well. I tell you what, we've got a show today, and we've got absolute royalty joining us. Of course, it's Derby Day today at Flemington. The well, I think it's it's still just about the best day on the carnival. Uh, fabulous, and who better to speak to? And that's the greatest jockey in Tasmanian history, 35-time Group 1 winner, Craig Newitt, who will be joining us. He's got a couple of, a couple in today, and I reckon he's got a sneaky one in the Coolmore uh, that I'm really looking forward to talking to him about. So Froggy's going to run us through the day. Um, and the old fella, recent, recently retired. He had a birthday during the week, so he's eligible for Super Rules now. Jack Revolt's going to join us. Um, Brett, which we're not mm. sure if it will be Sorrell or Lindisfarne Super Rules that he'll be looking to play at next year, but he's eligible and he's joined the old man brigade, which you and I have been at for a long time. Is he actually going to play Super Rules? Is this? <laughs> no, a, I'm not I just... was thinking he's, a, he's not playing Super Rules. Well, no, I'm just trying. Well, you never know. He's um, he hasn't played his last couple of footy. I know that he'll play somewhere. Do you oh, think? Well, obviously, will. we'll ask him well, soon enough. He but... likes cash more than you. And that's so not motivated. I'm not, a, not motivated by money at all, David. <laughs> I tell you what, it's a big week. The, the World Cup's still on, by the way. It's going on. Well, actually, you, you yeah, made a great point. Uh, you made a great point off air. We were talking about Glenn Maxwell, of course, who's 
found himself concussed in, Ooh, a, in a golf jeepers. buggy incident and we were sort of speculating as to how that may have happened and I guess with the amount of time between games, it's fair and reasonable to play some golf and yes. partake in some other social activities as you, every game. as you wait. Yeah. What, what's wrong with yeah. these? What, it's, it's, actually, um, it's fine, but they could have just shrunk it up probably by a day for every... And there's hardly any games on... There's only one game a day. One a day. Sometimes two. Mm. But anyway, it's getting there. It's but a if any, it, tournament. If anyone's falling off a golf cart and injuring themselves... It's Glenn Maxwell. It's Glenn Maxwell, unfortunately. Incredible the, content. The, the guy is... Cursed in in many regards in that he he has these really unfortunate things happen to him, um, but he's also blessed in more regards and these oh. were the most freakishly talented athletes in the world. Amazing. Like his hand-eye coordination. If there was a test for it, he would uh, he would break it. He is a freak. Quite a, quite remarkable. What about two? Just while we just touch on that, there's a question without notice. Afghanistan won again last night. They're suddenly they're in the frame to play in a semi. Now they're going to have to beat. You're going to have to beat either Australia or South Africa mm. to get in. But if they could upset one of those two teams, the host or the powerhouse, that is the Aussies, that would be an incredible story, especially for the fact, Brett, that they've all, they're all, it's obviously nine games, 10 team tournament. So everyone's playing each other once. There's no mm. excuses, is there? So they're at four and three. They smashed the Dutch last night. Well, doing very nicely. And, and, and what it says is that um, good spin is really hard to face. Oh, I love this. If, yep. you've got, uh, if, you've got, if you've got some quality spinners, yes. um, and, and particularly against Australia, and when you said they'll have to beat Australia, uh, Afghanistan poses a bit of a bogey team for Australia because we, we don't play spin well. Uh, and if, if they're on, uh, the Afghanis, then... Um, yeah, look, Australia, Australia could be in some real strife, and of of course we've seen the impact Khan's made in the in in the NBL. Yes, NBL. I know what you mean. <laughs> what are we? Well, which sport are we talking about? Yeah, the um, BBL. Yes, the NBL. Uh, Nabi, outstanding. Oh. Three for twenty eight last night against the Netherlands. Uh, Khan went at three and over. Didn't take any wickets. Uh, so two really quality spinners. I think there's another outstanding yeah, spinner in Ahmed there as well. got two for 30. Ahmed. So they rolled the Dutch for 179, and they got him in 30 overs. Yeah. Absolutely on their flute. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a good story. I'm sure you can say that. A really, really good story. And, yeah, at four and three, look, I'm building this up a little bit to be a... But oh, it's fine. We, we, you know, everyone loves a Cinderella story, the fairy tale story. So we, they're just uh, one more... If they could get one more, look, they're going to need a little bit of luck, but it is, it's doable. And I think that would be just fantastic, something we could talk about. Mm. What about the Aussies' form? They haven't played in two weeks, so we haven't seen them for a while. Well, and there's some some, some issues, I guess. Mitch Marsh, Marsh has returned home for uh, some family reasons, so yes. we obviously hope everything's okay with the with the Marsh family. He's um, suggested he'll be back quick sticks. Um, so, yeah, again, you know, thoughts with, with Mitch and his family – Navigating whatever it is that they're uh, navigating at the moment. Maxwell out, uh, yes. obviously through his concussion. I saw in the paper this morning that he's had a net session and that went quite well. But there's obviously a plan in place, to a, a return to play plan that he'll have to adhere to, um, which will see him miss tonight's game um, against England, which is going to be massive. So, so Marsh out, Maxwell out. And by the way, we hope with Mitch Marsh, whatever's happening mm. on the home front is, is okay. And it looks like that he will 
potentially get back there, which is the yeah, best, the best news. But more importantly, he's got some more important stuff to do with. Yeah, so he, he did suggest he'd be back. But of course, a uh, game against England, whilst they've been in, in poor form, they've played, they've played some bad cricket. Uh, they'll be they'll certainly be wanting to stump up their absolute best oh, against Australia off the absolutely. back of the Ashes and and that that whole scenario the the Ashes and the not drinking a beer and the Bearstow stuff and McCullum coming out and saying we'll never drink a beer with the Australians and then they didn't actually drink a beer with the Australians <laughs> so they, he, uh, he he was true to true to his word there I guess there there'll be a bit of spice in this game can I talk about this yeah and like I, I love smack talk and I love sticking for your own and, and I don't get worried about like stuff with Stuart Broad he's carrying on the field when the Bearstow stuff happened that's okay it was on the field it's all psychological <clears throat> however what's Joe Root talking about like they're sitting on the bottom of the ladder and rather than saying how poor they've been and how such a disappointing tournament he said oh we're still better than Australia what's he doing mm. I know I, mean, I love Joe Root I know he's a good dude I've known plenty of people that have you know associated you've, you've with got, him? You've got connections to Joe, have no, you? No, no. But people, he's a good, he's a good guy. <laughs> but but sometimes in the public, isn't it better to be real and be critical and stop worrying about the the bull dust mm. and just talk real because they've been pathetic. They have been pathetic. Um, yeah, and part of the challenge there. So McCullum isn't the coach. Matthew Mott is the is the coach of the, the English One Day not side. For, not for the next. Yeah, series. he'll be he'll be under the pump, no Oof. doubt. Matty Mott in terms of and, and and it sounds like there's all sorts of issues internally um, in that camp. It was spoken quite a bit about during the week and little divisions and people want root captain and. Um, and certainly around the coach and, and some other little divisions in there as well. But you know, for Australia, importantly, uh, this is a it's a really important game of cricket. And, it is. Um, you know, they come in without you know as we spoke about without Maxwell and Marsh. England hate Australia. Australia yes. hate England. Um, it's must see TV. Well, just a briefing on that ladder. Or uh, you can tune in on SEN. You, India uh, seven from seven, so they're they're, they're going to finish Flying. on top. Well, maybe they'll finish on top. South Africa actually won six from their seven with a better percentage. Australia in third. They've only played the six games, of course, but they've got the Poms uh, tonight, which which is good. So look, a win there would guarantee them with their all but guarantee them, I would say, looking at that, with their good net run rate, mm. a spot in the semis. New Zealand under the pump suddenly. They started well, and they need to be winning. And Afghanistan are level on points with New Zealand. Pakistan, a game back, they would need a miracle. They'd need to win their last two and rely on results, and that's it. So, effectively, Australia, New Zealand, Afghanistan and Pakistan are playing for the two bottom spots in the top four. Hey, listen, I'll talk about cricket too. Lawrence Neil Smith's going to join us as well. Yeah. So we're going to talk about... Now, Ethan, I have a question without notice. Have we got any replays of our conversation about uh, Shield game last week? Um, because we might need to do a bit of revisionist history between you and I talking about... Oh, Brad Hope, <laughs> yeah, who scored 48 not out in the win, and which bumped his batting average to 11 and... Six wickets. Three for, um, three for sure. 20, which got him down under um, 50. Um, chased 435. I will, I will say, and <laughs> uh, I, I love your smart assery. I was expecting that this morning from you. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the question marks around Brad still stand. That's one performance. It's excellent. Sure. Um, would love to see him do it again and again. It, the... the Importantly for Brad, the skill set's there, mm. but there's some technical yep. things that are going to go against him at first-class level. Just for the record, I probably had him missing the next game too. 
so it wasn't just you. An incredible performance. And, <laughs> That's brilliant. I, and I loved it. chasing 432, my goodness. Huge. What, a, what a, an amazing game. Oh, Matty Wade, 100. He put on a master class. And we love... He, he's still his best, Matty Wade, isn't Love he? it when Froggy Freeman oh, steps up and hits bombs. And, yeah, he's, uh, he's a talent. And Bo Webster, 70 again. He, wow, Bo's he, just he, in some form, isn't crazy. he? Bad and ball. Crazy. And mm. then, of course, Caleb Jewell making that big 100. They won in the one-day format as well. So... Good things happening from the Tigers, and we look forward to talking to Lawrence Neal-Smith. We're all here to Harrison Agents. Thank you. We are Tasmanian. David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. Plenty to talk about. We've got Jack Revolt coming up, Craig Froggy Newitt, Lawrence Newell-Smith. It's Derby Day. Stay with us. A big show here on SEN Tassie. This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. Jack Jumpers update for Choices Flooring in Hobart. Go and see the guys in Brisbane Street for all your best needs flooring-wise. Um, firstly, before we talk about the Jackies, huge game tonight. Last night, did you watch the NBL last night? I saw bits and pieces last night. both games. We actually watched the Chipmunks movie last night. It's a good movie. It's <laughs> a lot of singing. Had, great had my boys. No, it was a bit cringy there at different stages. Did but they like uh, it? Uh, not really. Okay. No, no. Three boys and the and the chipettes just weren't quite meshing. New Zealand defeated Cairns by ten ninety one eighty one, and Sydney smoked Illawarra by twenty. So mm. that top of the ladder is really interesting here. Obviously, we know the Jackies are. Well, they've just found themselves. They're all tight losses, aren't they? They've they've been right down to the wire, but they're four and four. Melbourne on eight and one, Sydney on five and three. This is the real upside, I reckon, for the Jack Jumpers. The top two teams have lost four games, and three of them been to Tasmania. So that that's a, that's a bit of an indicator to me. But tonight, Brisbane are coming um, down to Launceston, Silverdome. Catch us all. We'll be on air from five this evening, which will be very exciting. But Brisbane, they've got Baines back. Um, they're sitting fourth on five and four. This is a huge game, I reckon, tonight. Massive, suddenly. Yeah, very important. I mean, if they swing four and five, uh, it's sort of, you know, I mean, it's 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 fickle, right? Yep. Two weeks ago, oh. the championship fancy, people are you yep, know, there's, people blow, there's blowing all sorts of smoke everywhere. Great excitement. Um, you know, you, you you lose three on the bounce, which can happen in a you oh. know, how many games are there? 23, 26, 20, yep. 26, 27 yep. game season. Yep. You're going to have these momentum swings. Um, but what, what we know is that the Jack Jumpers navigate that really well. Uh, and I think if, if you ever wanted to, uh, an understanding of their fighting qualities, it was that, that uh, last home game yes. uh, against Melbourne where yes. they were completely out of it and then That's fought right. their way back in, in, into being a, an almost winning yes. position. Call goes their way and a uh, completely different ball game. But, and um, even again last week against Brisbane, they just that last play, they had a, they had a chance to set it overtime. Yeah. They got yeah. that and steal. And again, fought. They yep. set up. Yep. And then obviously the Phoenix game, they got back and missed a free throw to go to overtime, yeah. Lost, yeah. lost a close game to start of the year to Perth. So I think one of the challenges, Dave, is that the, the record at Silverdome isn't great. One and, one and three in Launceston. Yeah. Um, so, and, and it's certainly not a crowd thing in, in Lonnie. They, they're much loved up oh, there, they do. Um, which, is, which is terrific. But yes. 
So yeah, tonight is is a is a huge game, and Brisbane are playing some some great basketball. Uh, Nathan Sobey is he's thirty three playing. He's good as ever. Star isn't he? Oh. He can play, and Baines is back. Yep. And then they've just got a whole host of of role players. They Sam do. Sam McDaniel uh, is is someone someone that the Jack Jumpers obviously know very well, and he's he's playing some great basketball. Yep. He's been off the bench. He started in the in the last game. Yes. Uh, he's, he's just so tough defensively. Isaac Weiss, back Isaac in White as well has been pretty electric. Uh, so yeah, Br- Brisbane will be a challenge, and, and obviously they'll, they'll have to navigate the poor record at the Silverdome yeah, one and three. It's a, it's a short, um, a short sample, small sample size, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a huge game. And if you're in Lonnie, try and get along. Wow, if you can get a ticket, yeah, that's not it's probably a bit late to promote. Go and see if you can scout one out the front. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a huge game. Very excited to watch tonight. Uh, Aaron Baines is back, so that uh, he came off the bench the other night. Um, so that gives him some more interior rebounding. Of course, he will step out and shoot a three as well. Big banger. But great to have him back in the in the in the contest. What did he miss five games when he wanted to? Um, well, he wanted to bury rip, rip um, Adam Ford clean Adam apart. Ford. He wanted to build a subdivision and just have Adam Ford under the concrete slabs. He was. Uh, yeah, and look, pretty scary. I mean, Adam Ford's not a big guy. Can you imagine having Jerky Aaron lipped Baines him? Jerky lipped him, Ford? Oh, of course he lipped him. He's got the biggest <laughs> mouth in the NBL. He doesn't stop. Shock me. Well, I think he's great. He's, 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 he's I think good. he's brilliant. Yeah, he's but, um, and he's, he's, a, he's a good coach as well. Yes. But he's sort of, um, he's got a temper. You can tell he's, he, yes. he lives on the edge with the refs. He's got a yes. couple of arm tats. Oh, yes. Like he's got a real tough exterior but he you've does. got to know your limitations don't you and I think Aaron Baines um, was well above exceeding where Ford was at on a yeah. physical scale <laughs> I think Aaron probably um, missed, the, missed the moment there he probably should have um, kept rolling 7 foot 120 kilos he was um, slightly in advantage wasn't he well, you, you've—I mean—we've all been in instances where the where the red flag waves, and you—you you know, sometimes you can't control it. You've—you've—you know—you've been in many nightclub stouches no, over I the have. years yeah, through plays that red not. football punch-ons no, and that is absolute garbage. Suspensions. Never had a brawl. Mm. Oh, except maybe at the Crown Hotel in 1999. I wasn't in one, <laughs> um, but my little mate Sean Spencer lipped someone as he always used to do, and I found myself in a brief scuffle in a bad situation um, as a just out of teenage years but that's okay I would have loved to have seen the CCTV footage no. of you just shaping up to very much to a some bike out of fighter as crown. you all know <laughs> I definitely wasn't shaping up that's got me excited 6 foot 3 Re- 64 really, kilos re- really um, quickly Dave what, 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 what have you seen across the last couple of uh, last couple of games for the, the Jack Jumpers is it is it the straight rebounding we know against yes. United they got walloped Huge on issue. the boards 46 to they 29 yep, it was they a did. Uh, offensive, defensive, they they couldn't get it, couldn't get hold of the ball at all. Scott Roth came out and said, "Reboundings, it's want, it's not skill, it it's is. a desire thing." Um, and so, you know, in many regards, he's saying they're being out hustled. Yes, uh, were they improved against Brisbane? I've actually just got the stats here. They were just bear with me. Question without notice there. Um, oh, it's just more more from the eye test. I was keen to, um, keen to hear what you good, saw. Good question. I don't think the stats said they were absolutely. Slayed like they have been. In fact, I think they slightly out-rebounded Brisbane. Mm. So it wasn't a factor in the last game. What was that? 5-11, 23. I don't have a total here, but 34. 34 rebounds to Brisbane. 10, 18, 20. No, about there. Yeah, they were out-rebounded, but only were one or two. So, yes, you're right. They got smashed by Melbourne, don't they? So tonight you got Baines back in. Um, he's an excellent rebounder. Bannon, the young fella, he can 
absolutely crushed the boards. He had 10 rebounds against us last time. I wonder if we'll see young Zakarski for a few minutes. He's, he's, he's not getting much play, but when he comes on five, six minutes, he has an impact. He's certainly, huge. yeah, certainly in the midst. He's the future for us as, as a boom as well. 17-year-old, seven foot three Four. with some with some ball skills. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the challenge for him, even at seven foot three, um, it's it's still a physical game. He's still, oh, yes. he's still a boy, yes. 17 years of age. Yep. Um, and, you know, whilst we're um, you know, I'll transition to the NBA a little bit with um, Victor Wembanyama and Chet Holmgren. Yeah, so they're big and they're tall, and they've yep. got they've got this advantage. They but do. you know, they're still pretty easily shuffled around, and and you know, if you bump them on the hip for a rebound, they're, they're you know really quite slight of frame. So, um, yeah, Rocco is going to have the same challenge. Super skilled, um, and he he comes out, gets a block, he he does his best and hustles. Give him three years, he's um boy, he he won't be in the NBL. I don't think he will be. Uh, text from Rowan from Launceston. Can we get all the mail, please, off Froggy? Thank you, Rowan. I will be endeavouring to do that for Certainly you. Certainly the plan. That will be the plan. And text from David. Do we need to get more from Chris Levick off the bench? That's a good question. Yeah. He I looked- had some yeah, I had some high hopes for Fab this year. He's got plenty of time. I think he's been shooting it well. I think he needs to be a bit more confident just and jack it up a bit outside. I was going to say the He was same free thing, a couple of times the other night, yeah. okay, and I wanted him to shoot. He's, he's also looked a bit clunky with his hands um, yes. offensively. He's fumbled the ball quite a bit. and um, So, yeah, and but a bit of a different role as well. He's That's playing right. spot minutes this he year. He's, he'd, he'd been a, a feature last year through injury and, and, and different circumstances. So... Uh, it's it's a good point. Yeah, Fab off the bench is is going to need to to lift certainly offensively. I think because we know that he's got that big body and defensively he always gets it done. He hustles and uh, he gives absolutely everything he has. But he's he's just looked a little bit off offensively. He, this he had some good. He, I reckon it was his best minutes against Brisbane the other day. He had nine points, seven rebounds, uh, and I like him. And I just stood a couple of times that last quarter. He had an open three, and he was shooting pretty well. He should have shot it up. That's our Jackie's update, Brett, for Choices Flooring Hobart. Residential, commercial, interior design experts. Derby Day today. Coming up, Jack Revolt shortly. Craig Newitt and Lawrence Neil Smith. Stay with us, news time. Speaking of royalty, Brett Jews, wickety wickety. Your top boys, magnificent. Been over 20 years since they uh, first hit the scene. We're watching a gig in some place in um, Harrington Street. They first played about 2003. They're electric. Uh, welcome back, David Lithgow, Brett Jeeves. Are you at, with you? Were you at uh, Grinspoon last time? Did you go to that? I was going, but had a had to late uh, late change with um, my. Dear partner Sarah, she had a prior commitment. She oh, was in first, and she doesn't know with the girls. Had to sacrifice. I just I wonder with Grinspoon, do they play Chemical Heart seventeen times and then walk they off? They got or? much more than Chemical more than Heart. that, have they? Oh, of course they do. Good. It's just showing your lack of depth, really. There again, <laughs> oh, no, 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 I was just trying to get you to buy. Um, no, okay. um, we might get a bit of Grinspoon coming up before with Jack Revolt after eight forty. Derby, Derby Day today. I know you don't give a continental about the horses. And no, that's I do. Okay. No, but since I've been on the show, I've, I've taken. You're a little, learning a bit. Taken, you are a bit. Yeah, actually, well, it's been funny to watch. Happy your... to ask the dumb questions because I think there are there are plenty of people out yes, there that like me. They they sort of have a punt Melbourne Cup day and you know spe- special events and and that's about it. So I'm happy to be the. 
the voice of the silly. A, a regular here on the show, Wills from Sandy Bay, has said, Hi, Flash and Jeevesy. Happy 7,000 days since Essen won a final. Wills from Sandy Bay. <laughs> Uh, take that, uh, Essendon yes. supporters. Thank, but, thank you, Wills. But Adrian Dodoro is the greatest list manager ever created. I don't think even Essendon supporters think that. No. But, but certainly the Herald Sun does. 20 years, amazing. Amazing <laughs> tenure. Um, so Mr Dodoro, of course, he's stepping stepping down. And be interesting to see with the Bombers. I noticed, um, again, we weren't going to talk about footy, but Orazio Fantasia, ex-Bomber power, he just signed with the Blues. Mm. Kane Corns has gone the early prediction. Colton to win the flag next wow. year. Wow. Uh, Thoughts? Um, oh, why not? They, they showed enough last year, I think. Does Arazio... It just doesn't work like that, we know that, though, do, do we? Do you know <laughs> well, what I mean? Not at this time um, of year. It, no, 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 not so much that. But in terms of Colton, you know, suddenly they're going to they're gonna surge and they'll make, you know, they'll get into another prelim grand final. It definitely doesn't work like oh, that. Just um, and and quickly, the was there a bit of a stitch up on the Elijah Hollands scenario? So he gets traded Gold Coast to three year deal initially. Gold Coast to Colton, and then two days later, after the trade goes through, he's up on a, a criminal charge of uh, possession, mm. um, which he pleaded guilty for. No criminal record. We'll do a bit of community hours. Um, do you reckon Colton were aware of that before Not they sure. made the trade? There's, there was well, an wasn't, interesting wasn't scenario. The contract downgraded from three years to one. Not, yeah, I'm, I not, think I'm, I'm not sure. So. I just I, I thought it, it looks on the surface it looked a little underhanded and a little sneaky. Mm. Mind you, you've only got to Google his name and and um, get to the Gold Coast court to okay. to, to know, I guess. Okay. But so surely Colton were across it. That's well, what I'm asking. Kane has said yes, the Blues to win the flag. Um, you know what? It is October. Oh, it's November, actually, but I'll save a bit of AFL talk for a bit later on. Yeah, let's hold off. so much to talk about. Jack Revolt's coming up. Had a birthday during the week. He's turned 35 in particular. He could have he gone on again. He, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I'm, sure he'll, um, I'm sure he'll let us know that he had two years to go if he really wanted to. He's released a book, Brett, and I want to talk to him has about he? that. Yes, he has. Who would have thought? Chucky Boy, he's got a book out. We're all here thanks to Harrison Agents. We are Tasmanian David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves coming up. Three-time premiership player, multiple Coleman medalists three times and about eight-time, no, he's more than eight times. I think he's a ten-time Richmond goal-kicking leader. Jack Revolt coming up after the break. This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. Welcome back to the show. David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves with you on a glorious, chilly but sunny Hobart morning. Great to have you with us. We're going to evolve back into the... I'd said how it's too early to talk about footy, but TW Sharon time. Recently retired, great from the Richmond Football Club, author. Um, I'm not sure if he's bought a plane yet, but I know it's on the agenda. Good morning, to Jack Revolt. How you going, pal? Gentlemen, how are we all? Super. How are you going? Not too bad, David. Not too bad. And Brett, <laughs> um, just driving out to Knox City in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne to go and do 
a two-hour book signing. Obviously exciting launching the book during the week, but um, out to see the uh, people of Knox City today. Firstly, David, tell us about the book, Jackie Boy, because uh, The Bright Side, it's called. You'll, you'll forever be linked to that song, which is a, a beauty. You Amazing. Did, yeah, and, and you did How a great happened. job, a surprisingly good job singing that song in front of so many people. <laughs> are you sure about that? I thought it was tremendous. Okay. T- tell us about the book, Thanks, mate. Brett. How's that come about and um, what does it involve? <laughs> well, it sort of started about 18 months ago, Brett, where it's sort of like uh, maybe they thought my, my year was going to my career was going to finish last year. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's got the ball rolling. Um, we're sort of putting all the things together. It's, a, it's, a, it's actually quite an interesting um, project to do, writing a book, because you've got to sort of decide what's people would like to read about and what you maybe you want to keep a little bit sort of closer to your chest but um yeah it was, it was good fun it's actually quite a good way to um to unpack a few things that happen in your life some of them obviously a little bit difficult and then some of them fairly glorious as well to, to sort of relive that journey and now it's all in i think about 300 pages and people can can go and and going to delve a little bit deeper into obviously my, my life in Tassie uh, and, and my life here in Victoria in the AFL. Forwarded by Jared Whiteley, of course. Um, how many how many book signings have you been to yet? I've got I've set the overs and unders at thirteen. <laughs> I've been I've been I've only been to three or four flash. This is the fourth one. Okay. Um, I'm um, I've I've got a, a nice little window that I can do stuff in which is between 10 and 2 on the weekdays. That's when the kids are at daycare. And I yes. can um, shoot out to the um, to the suburbs of Melbourne and sign the, the books for the faithful. Um, but, yeah, no, so I've been been getting around a little bit. It was uh, at uh, Chadston yesterday. Uh, no, sorry, I was at Fountain Gate yesterday, out um, Katham Kim Territory. And uh, <laughs> that's the day four. And then out to, to Knox today. But I am coming down to... Tasmania, I've received a, um, a few bits of social media asking when I'm coming to Tassie, and I'll be in Hobart uh, at Dimmicks on the 17th, Bernie uh, on the 18th. 4 30. Let's, well, let's, let, let's clarify the date. I've got the times oh, here. 4 30. You know, I don't. 4.30 p.m. Yep, at Dimmicks on the 17th. Now, that's a Friday. Um, yep. Brett, so we'll, we'll um, yep. see if we can pop down there. I'm sure we'll get down there as well. Uh, 18th, you're at um, not just books at Wilson Street in Burnie, 9.30 in the morning, and then screaming back up to Launceston, Petrarch's Bookstore, 89 Brisbane Street, Lonnie, 12.30 to 2 p.m. So that'll be good. You'll enjoy that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. It's um, good to go, uh, good to come home. I always love, love getting on the plane and coming home to, to Tassie, wherever it is, um, not just Hobart, where I'm from, but. Uh, yeah, it's good to, to jump back on the bird and get back down there and and uh, get back to, to where it all started for me. And it's sort of a bit of a um, it's a bit of a light version of uh, of obviously my work that I'm doing with the uh, with the, the Tasmanian team, where we'll be heading to uh, to the communities around Tassie and, and starting to to start that exciting project. Yeah, well, let's let's uh, let's talk about that role, which you know for, for you is a, a huge honour, I'm sure, to to, to be involved uh, in that process, um, scouting the state for intel on on culture and and, and what makes Tasmanian football uh, great. How did how did that come about? I mean, obviously, you know, you 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 very publicly put your hand up and said, I, I want to be involved, but this role in particular seems like it's 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 really custom for you. Yeah, it's interesting, Brett. Like I, I, I sort of said, and, and I've been through the journey of just saying, look, hey, however I could help, I'd love to 
to to help give back and 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 impart some of the I'll call it wisdom, but other people might call it other things that I've learnt over the um, over the, the period of time that I've been playing in the AFL, and, and even previous to that, be, being from Tasmania and understanding the process of, of moving to the mainland to play um, in uh, in in the biggest competition. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a fairly organic process. Actually, I sort of found myself just shooting off to a meeting with a few other Tasmanian football greats, and obviously Grant O'Brien, who was the chair of of, of the board, and and yeah, they, they sort of liked what they heard from me. And then from there, it's just sort of evolved. And that will be probably the, I mean, the, the word evolve will be one that the board will be leaning on a little bit over the first sort of 12 months of setting this up is that we sort of have a bit of an idea of the direction we're going to go, but we will be guided by the, the public and we'll be guided by a lot of things to, to, to where we take the team and, and how we start to develop it. It is very exciting, and that will be. I know that you will enjoy getting out to whether it be Penguin or Alveston or Bishano or Scottsdale, and I think that's the that's the important part of the the whole journey now is the fact that you know, and there's a lot of centric people down here in Hobart that you know this is this is where it's going to be played, etc. But it it is far much bigger than that, isn't it? And it really is something that I know you and I have talked about is this thing which was just going to galvanise it all, us all wherever we live on the Apple Isle. Yeah, you're right, Flash. It's, um, it's not about um, going to the, the, the major metropolises and uh, there's obviously an aspect of going to, to the major metropolises and finding out what football in Tasmania means to the people of, of say, Hobart and, and Launceston. Um, some of our, our great stories and our great players and, and when I say great, it doesn't mean that they've had to play it at, at AFL level or, or at the, the top level of, of AFL, um, our women's, the women's league as well. It's actually um, some of our greats never made it that far. So it's going and discovering those stories and, and, and hearing what is important to the people of Scottsdale, as you mentioned, um, of Queenstown, where, I mean, the famed gravel oval is, is spoken about in not just Tasmanian folklore but, but Australian football folklore so it's actually going there and hearing those handmade sold of the earth stories that will be able to be transitioned into a professional um, professional sporting organisation and that's our point of difference it's, so we've got this amazing history that has been um, has been based on community and it makes sense to base Yes, this is a big business and it's a big team, but it still makes sense to base it on the community because we know it's a we know it's a proven method to, to success and, and and having people feel like they have that sense of belonging to the team. So, Jack, when you when you've I mean you've just written a book and so you've obviously reflected on your life and and no doubt gone back to your uh, your junior days, you know, coming through as a young man playing senior footy for for Clarence. When you when you reflect on that time, what what is it that stands out about football in Tasmania? Uh, that, that that does make it so great through through your own experiences. That's the uh, the million dollar question, Brett. That it's, uh, it's a, I think it's different to everyone um, in terms of what they see as the golden thread for for Tasmanian football. For me, uh, when I when I think of what makes Tassie football special, um, so I obviously grew, I grew up in, in Belrive in, in the heart of the Clarence Football Club zone and territory. My, my father played 297 games for, for Clarence. But 
the, the moments that I remember um, from being a young kid are getting the Mercury for about seven days before Clarence played in the grand final, actually sitting there with my my, uh, my mum and my brothers and cutting up little tiny squares to stand over the um, stand over the race at the Doug Place stand um, in, uh, in North Hobart and then throwing it over the top of the players as they ran out, whether it be the 19s, the reserves or the seniors. I, I look at that as... Uh, as why it sort of seems a bit trivial to some people, but I see that as the essence of football and, and, and how connecting football can be. So it's encapsulating little moments like that, little things that have happened along the journey that are actually really, really bloody important um, and to the bigger picture. So, yeah, it's, it's those sort of stories that I'm looking about, looking forward to hearing um, and also looking forward to telling as well and, and relaying them back to to the board and back to the people of Tassie is that this is who we are and this is who we want to be going forward. Now, t- tell me about your um, current situation. You obviously recently retired from the AFL. Uh, you've got your leadership um, business, which your dear wife Carly has been a huge part of it. I imagine you're going to be doing some footy next year. Uh, how many cashy offers have you had to play footy next year? <laughs> uh, I've had a couple. Um, I've had a couple. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, uh, uh, David, the one you like that's cash? on the radar for me. No, no, that's not true, David. Um, <laughs> that's completely not true. But you've hitched your wagon to me a few times, so um, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the one, the one that, the one that keeps coming back to me is Hang a on. yearning to return home at some point, um, and maybe, maybe pull on the um, pull on the mighty red and white for. for for, for a game, just to just to um, I don't know. It's where it all started for me, um, and it's important to me. It's it's made me who I am. There's people that still are at that football club that were there when I was starting up in terms of property stewards and and uh, board members and just people that generally hang around and help the football club. That it would be great at some point to to duck back and 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 maybe play uh, uh, one game down there under Spear, so it would be uh, it's, that's an interesting one. It's, I, I don't know whether it comes to fruition, but it still pops up in my mind every now and then. Well, what, I, what, do you think, need, what do you need to qualify for? Well, I was going to say, I, th- I think... Three games, four I, games, well, plus I don't finals. think it's Come about finals for you, Jack. Oh, I, 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 I love the... No, I love the sentiment in, in that. And, mm. and I think hats off to, it speaks to your humility that you haven't forgotten the property stewards and you haven't forgotten the people that were there who helped you achieve something unbelievable. You've had an extraordinary career and there are people that have helped push you, mentor you uh, in, into that into that situation. So for you to want to come back and be able to give back to those people, I think is, is really special. Um, and just to add to that humility, I think it was great that you, you actually told us that the million dollar, you've, you've actually given us your salary for you to come down and, and, and ask all these questions of Tasmanian people. You, you've labelled it the million dollar question. It'd be the only so place spend, he wouldn't be spend, asking money for. Was Clarence. Spend your Everybody million wisely. Be opening up these wallets <laughs> and saying, fill it up. Uh, I love this idea. Jackie Boy, oh, and I think it's. Um, I think that would be a, a great thing. I mean, it might be the last year too. So footy next year, Lord, I've got a stacked deck. Maybe you can get three or four games out plus finals. I would find it hard to believe, as I have to let you go, that you would just play one game and not want to play a couple more. Come on. Oh, it depends where I went, to be honest. Flash. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I, I have had a look at, at Lauderdale. Clarence Lauderdale, obviously, stay chatty. That the, the charity game for that game there. That yes. That is appetising. That is appetising. I'm not going to lie. 
Uh, well done, mate. Thanks for joining us. The book is called The Bright Side. We're going to be in Hobart on the 17th, Bernie on the 18th, and Launceston on the 18th. Great to have you with us, mate. You've turned 35. You're eligible for Super Rules now. Uh, welcome to the club, mate. Thanks, mate. Uh, and for all the punters out there, I know I had Craig Newton on today. Sulcum in the cup. Um, yeah. Sulcum in the cup. There you go. Jack Revolt joins us this morning. We're here with Flash and Jeeves. We'll go to a break and come back shortly. This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. It's a bit of Rufus to sell, I think, Ethan. Is that right? Thank you, mate. Well done. The tunes keep coming. They're good, aren't they? Send us a text 0437 552 535. G from Sandy Bay is texted through. What an icon, Jack Revolt, giving back to the people. Special. I was When we asked him this, um, to reflect on community, I was hoping he'd share the story of him kicking a 70-metre torp at Bell Reeve against Glenorchy. The goal, mind you. Stay with us. That's a good hour. This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. Have nothing to hide. So we've been told and some choose to believe it. This is glorious. I know they're wrong, wait and see. Someday we'll find it. I can't believe Ethan actually found this. Magnificent. The lovers, the dreamers, and uh, Who will ever forget as a child? We all watched it. Kermit the Frog, of course, there. And would you believe on the radio we have the absolute champion of Tasmanian racing, 20-plus years in the game now. Good morning to Craig Froggy Newitt. Have you had that intro before, Froggy? Morning, boys. Uh, no, I haven't actually. <laughs> You happy with that? I thought I was delighted with that, to be honest. (laughs) Not bad, not bad. Good on you, mate. Uh, Derby Day, welcome. Um, Gee, you must be suiting up for about your 18th or 19th Derby Day, I reckon. You've been doing this for 21 or two years now. Um, You know what? I reckon you've got a little sneaky one too uh, in the Coolmore today. He is is a little sneaky, mate. uh, It's a very even race, obviously. Shinzo and Solomba probably look the class horses, but haven't won for a while. Um, one's drawn one side of the track, the other the other. So I think um, with with even luck, my bloke will put himself up on the speed, and he's unbeaten this preparation. So I'm sure he'll uh, he'll be he'll be there when the whips are cracking. Now you've you've drawn the inside of the track on this occasion. Um, how do you say? Is it Silu Silu? I've got no idea, mate. Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, trained by Brent Stanley, of course, former champion jockey of his own back in the day. Uh, inside the track, I guess you go into a day like this, and, I mean, Flemington always races so well. It's it's even, of course, but sometimes there is a bit of bias on the on the rail, and I guess that that's probably what you'd be hoping for. Uh, absolutely. I think you go back through the last probably... Half a dozen Coolmore State winners have been up the inside. Um, Derby Day's traditionally sort of down on rail. First day of the carnival, he has it, he has it in pristine condition. So 
I wouldn't think there'd be any bias out wide. Um, race six, you'd think a couple of small fields early in the day, it's going to be pretty untouched. So I would, uh, as an early guess, I would think the inside would probably be the place. And and the racing pattern, Froggy. Um, how do you what what do you do there? I mean, you've got you've got on your inside the top weight with J Mac with Wallace thing Shinzo as you mentioned. Um, he'll be there around. Jopey Bossom's thing for Snowden uh, on the rail. Well, what what's your plan with the horse? No idea at the moment. I haven't spoke to to Brent at the moment. But he, look, he's, he's a go forward horse. He's going to put himself yes. up in the race. He, he hasn't won past the thousand metres, so obviously the six furlongs is going to be the question. We need to we need to be able to harness his, his tempo early, but I would think a horse like Osmosis that's drawn outside is probably going to lead the inside brigade, so he's going to be a genuine chance. We can tag him. We can uh, hopefully peel off his back and nail him late, but um, he's going to be, he's, you would think he's going to be in the first three or four more like anyway. Froggy, let me let me ask you a serious question. You've, as as Flash said, you've you've, you've been in the game an, an awful long time, more than two thousand winners. Um, how 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 is it for you? Do do you do you struggle with the preparation? We heard a you know, young baby in the background. We know you know you've got a big family, newborn. Um, how how is your hunger at the moment to to continue to to be involved in the racing industry as a jockey? Yeah, very hungry. Obviously, this, this week, this week, without a doubt, without a doubt, the best week's racing in the world, in my opinion. Um, I've been to Royal Ascot, but I don't think it it gets anywhere near what our carnival does. So, to be participating in um, in the bigger biggest races on on each four days is, is a great thrill. Um, hardest part of my preparation is chasing this 10, 11 month old round, trying to keep him. <laughs> Out of the PowerPoint, out of the fridge, out of the cupboard. <laughs> Trying, to, I'm, I'm kicking a ball at him at the moment to keep him quiet, so he doesn't, uh, he doesn't wreck the interview. But um, no, nah, look, I, I, I enjoy it. It's, it's great. Um, I've got two, two sort of outside chances today, but I, I'm really looking forward to Cup Day. I was there when Tarzino won. Cheapers, what are we going back now? Seven years ago. Um, and that's around the mark where your last taste of Group 1 success, golly, you've had some seconds in that time. Uh, what would it mean to you to go past the post with another Group 1? And it's been a, it's been a long time, and I, I have no doubt you, it's, you think about it, um, and because you have had some terrific near misses in that time. Um, what would it mean to you? Yeah, no, it's um, something something that I'm uh, I'm, I'm not going to give up until I, until I ride another one. Like I said, it's been a while. Extreme Choice is my last one, but um, yeah, any any more seconds, I'll be I'll be a minute. Um, I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've been very close, and it's getting yeah. frustrating. But the thing with this um, with this game, like the Group Ones, they're very very hard to win. So they are. Now, Froggy, we. we... To get rides in them is is a, is a big feat in itself. So hopefully we can get one. Sorry, mate, I almost cut you off there. We we just lost you for a moment. I thought you'd finished. My apologies. We had a, a text in earlier just asking for your best bet. So you able to to provide us anything for, for for Derby Day? Who do you like? What's out there? Oh, look, mate. I, my, both my rides are, are going to have to go to absolute new peak limits um, to to be in the finish, but. 
There's uh, there's a horse in the first of uh, Peter and Paul Snowden's, which I reckon is going to be a very very good horse in time. A horse called He Man. Uh, he he's in race one. He's in the Carbon Club. Uh, I think the Derby's a very very even race. It um, is. And the and the mares race the the Empire Rose is another even race, which I think uh, the favourite will be very hard to beat. The Tissue. And I've got a uh, a very healthy respect for Kieran Ma's horse, the emergency that got to run a horse called Jenny Lala. I think at, at massive odds, she can uh, she can run really well. What about uh, what about for Cup Day, Froggy? Is there is there a little bit of joy there for a, a lightweight coming your way? You're still knocking on the door. No, I got one, mate. Got one. Oh, in. good on you. Um, a horse called Victoria Circle for Liam yes. Howley. Yes. Brilliant. Um, he's a four-year-old. Stallion that his form's a little bit inconsistent, but he doesn't have a lot of luck. Um, when I picked the ride up uh, last Wednesday, I was uh, just wrapped to have uh, secured another ride in the race, knowing that he's a horse with the ability to be able to do it. But then I worked him Thursday morning, and I'm uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm slightly. Uh, Slightly very excited. He, um, Stop he it. Me, he, he give me a great feel. He's, he's one of them horses that he's going to be middle of the field to rear, and I've got no doubt he's going to be very strong through the line. So I think he's me 12th ride in the race. And Brilliant. I think the closest I've finished is fifth. He had a scratching two think, one year, which I think was... Yeah, a, I'll never yeah. forget that. I don't talk about that one. No. But, um, <laughs> no, I'm very, very confident this horse will be in the finish. Huge news, mate. Congrats. I've, I've, yeah. I've always wanted to know on race days and, you know, in particular the Melbourne Cup, you know, you're, you're kicking the horse, you've just entered the straight. Does the crowd play a part in, in, in your own energy, I guess? Do you, do you feed off the crowd to be able to kick the horse down the straight or do, does the horse feed off it? Is, it? is it unsettling for the horse, the noise of the crowd? How, how is that as, a, um, as an experience and what, what impact does it have on you and the horse? Yeah, look, it, it, it's not so much a... a uh, it, it's, I sort of liken it to, to like a, a, an AFL grand final, like even, even like the suburbs back home and and whatnot, like you, you can you can hear the crowd in the Melbourne Cup from probably the, the eight hundred metre mark, even well before the corner. You can hear mm. them starting to, to to lift. Um, when you're on a horse that's that's tired and fatigued, then you you probably hear it a lot more. But when you're actually in the frame and and competitive, um, you can hear it. But obviously, you've just got the the winning post in sight. So. It um yeah no it's it's a big thrill I've been like I've been I've been coming to the corner quite a few times thinking I'm going to be right in the finish but I just haven't I've only really had probably one or two out of the out of the um twelve rides that I've had actually run the trip out so it um yeah it's a, it's a test of stamina and um if we can get it right I'm sure he's uh, more bloke this year will be right in the finish. And I've had a good look. Uh, the fields are out. Um, you got four or five rides. You got a good day. There's some, yeah, and no, you've got, got some live chances. Yeah, no, I've got uh, got a handful handful of rides. Um, there's there's a couple there that that are going to go around big odds. But I think odds on days like this probably are no reflection because they're, they're normally five, six to one the, 
the field in most races. So even horses that are um, 30, 40 to 1 have, have got genuine chances. Um, I think Rebel Racer, he, he's one that's massive odds. Huge. He's been, he's been targeted for this race. Uh, he's an Adelaide Cup winner that that um, he's run the other day. Was probably a little bit below par, but he, he gets right back in disc, back in um, class. He's up a bit in weight, but he'll run the trip no end. So he's probably a hundred to one pop that that could run a hole. Um, I think that the grey horse that I'm riding in the the All Greys race, Platinum Wolf, is another big price horse that can probably get the money somewhere. So yeah, we got we got some nice nice even chances there. Throughout the day, even Beltiel, the the mayor that won the, the group race back back home uh, in Tasmania, her run first up the other day was outstanding. So I think she's another one that's probably sixty, seventy to one that, that's going to run going to run well above her odds. I love the passion uh, in your voice, still froggy. Everyone can hear it, and it's it's a real joy. And I, I tell you what, Brett. Um, I've been on every one of those seconds that Craig's <laughs> talked about, um, and I can pretty much reel off every group one he's ever had. It's been a few years, but it's I love it. I love the hearing your voice, mate. It sounds like you're as keen as ever. Well, I was going to say, certainly answer the question, Froggy, when I asked, are you hungry? Uh, it, it certainly sounds like you're hungry for it. So, And, and, and getting a, a, a ride the Melbourne Cup obviously has an additional layer of excitement for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I say every year, there's only 24 riders in the entire world competing this race each year. So to have had 12 rides in it um, mm. sort of boosts your confidence that you you know you've got the ability to do it. I just got to uh, find the right horse to to get me over the line. So, so I'm gonna it'll be the year. I'm going to ask a dumb question here. When the international horses come over for the Melbourne Cup, do they generally bring their own jockey or do they then recruit a, a, a local bit jockey? Of both. bit of both. Well, the thing is, the thing is with the internationals, over there, um, well, their, their minimum weights are, are really high. So they've only really got heavyweight riders. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Holly Doyle is an exception. She's, um, she's picked up one for Kira Mar. So the horses that come from overseas normally drop plummet in weight so they do tend to look for local riders but unless you've got connections and can get in early when if you know they're coming they've normally got them sorted before they come so mm. it's uh it's a little bit it's a little bit frustrating because they they take up they take up quite a few spots in the race um the word around town is the horse that uh, Ryan Moore's riding Bourbon. Um, they they think he's pretty much over the line, but um, wow! Obviously, it's a two mile race, and the Melbourne Cup throws up a lot of uh, a lot of surprises. So, um, yeah, no, it's going to be an intriguing race. I think there's there's obviously the three top class horses, Gold Trip, the Caulfield Cup winner, and Bourbon. But if they run into a bit of bad luck, hopefully we're there to pounce. Froggy, great to hear from you, mate. I'm absolutely thrilled to hear you get your 12th ride in the Cup, and but the focus doesn't move anywhere from race six, the Coolmore Classic today. Barrier three, I just think you might made a bit, make a bit of a pest of yourself. Thanks for coming on again, mate. Well done. No worries at all. Thanks, guys. Craig New joins us this morning. Uh, that's a good chap, Brett. He loves it still. We'll go to a break. We'll come back. We've got Lawrence Neil Smith to talk some cricket shortly. This is Saturdays in Tassie. 
with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. One more time. Absolutely on fire today with the Clark with the tune, Star Punk, from about 1990, I'm going to say seven. One more time, some tune it. World's never been the same since Star Punk went away and never played music again. Great to have you with us, Flash and Jeevesy with you this morning on the back of Craig Newitt. What a great chat it was with Little Froggy. He's got a Melbourne Cup ride next week and he likes us. We're going to move to cricket very quickly. I was lucky enough, Brett, to call the first couple of days of the cricket, but I couldn't call days three and four, sadly, with other commitments with basketball and netball, etc., which was great fun. I missed out on a good finish. That was incredible. And a young man who just gets a little bit better every time I see him with the ball. Lawrence Neil-Smith has joined us this morning. Good morning, Lawrence. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. You're the only Lawrence I know, and it is a magnificent name, by the way, and I love, call, I love calling you Lawrence when I'm, um, when I'm commentating, mate. It's absolutely <laughs> sensational. Firstly, uh, that was a game and a half. Gosh. No, it was, it was brilliant. Um, and I'm shattered for you to hear that you weren't able to see days three and four because it really got to the business yeah, end it of it. But, uh, that fourth day was pretty incredible. Yeah, and... and what did you? What was the feeling as you went into day four? Because day three ended okay, and my sort of feeling was that I did think there was a little pulse because we do know day four at Bell Reeve has been reasonably kind in terms of not really breaking up and cracking for a long period of time. Was there a little bit of sense of unity as, as you sort of talk with the coach and the skipper beforehand? Yeah, absolutely. I think what we did really well throughout that game, especially when perhaps the first couple of days didn't really go our way, was we, we controlled our uh, our energy in the change room. So you can be behind the eight ball, but it doesn't mean you have to drop the bundle. It is it is a long game, and um, we know our conditions, and we trust our batters especially. I think it was Charlie Wakeham on the night of the third day where we got the team together in the rooms, and he, he just sort of eyeballed everyone and said, we're, we're turning up on day four to win this game. And and that's the only option we really ever wanted to come away with. Huge, huge run, run chase, Lawrence, you know, chasing down 4.30, I think the fourth highest in Shield cricket history. Um, I think you make, you make a really great point about momentum across the four days, and certainly the, the bowling performance in the Queensland second innings. Um, the, no doubt Queensland would have been looking to come out hard and get the biggest possible lead they, they could. You, you guys bowled tight. Uh, took regular wickets, didn't didn't allow Queensland to establish a huge partnership. What was uh, what was some of the planning that the, the, that was behind that success in the in the second innings? Yeah, it was a tricky one after losing uh, Gabe Bell uh, to his his niggle in the first innings. But mm. um, I think you got to commend the guys that stood up. So it was a real coming of age performance. I thought from Brad Hope stepping up and taking the new ball. I know how hard that can be. Um, especially as a guy who's, who's still finding his feet at the level uh, that we're playing at. But I think we we sort of just bowled to what we discussed before the game and, and conversations throughout. Um, we come in really well planned when we talk about the opposition. Um, and Silky was really good in communicating fields and just sort of keeping on top of where the game was at. So we didn't want to let them sort of take the, the front foot and, and move the game at their pace. We wanted to try and stay that one step ahead. An amazing performance, and the the beauty of this is, is, 
after day two, Queensland dominating. Obviously, Michael Nisa comes back from his family situation that he had to do. And, and now you find yourself after three matches on top of the table. It's quite, a, quite an extraordinary turnaround, but all in all, the sensational start to the year. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think this group will get too far ahead of that as well, though. I mean, it was only, I think, a month and a bit ago where we're going back to the same uh, ground where we lost the two two one-days to start the year and had some pretty honest conversations about how we wanted the season to go and, and really backing what we'd done in the pre-season and, and the abilities of our players. So uh, while we are really enjoying the success we've found, um, you know, we got, we got a lot of work to go and it is a long season. And, and as you plan for the Junction Oval, it's been a, a pretty unhappy uh, hunting ground for Tasmania historically. I think any, well, in fact, any visiting uh, team, the, the, the Junction is, is always a bit of a graveyard, particularly for the bowlers. How do you, how do you prepare for that? <laughs> uh, well, it's, a, it's been a bit more in it this year, hasn't it? Though, hasn't it? Sorry, yeah. sorry to cut you off, Lauren. It's been a bit more no, variation. Yeah, well, I think uh, a good ball is a good ball no matter the wicket. Uh, whether you've got to bowl a few more overs um, and change the pace of the game a little bit, it's just something you have to adapt to, and that's the beauty of playing in different conditions around the country. Um, but no, I think we're all excited by the prospect um, and ready to give this one another good crack. Well, let, let Lawrence, just stand by. Let's have a listen to this here. It's a minute and 11 seconds of Chris Rogers talking on Whiteley a couple of days ago about the game. We'd like this to do quite a lot because I think Tasmania is batting line-up is their, their real strength. So we've got to get 20 wickets somehow. So, um, yeah, that's that's the challenge. Um, I'm always in the ear of the, uh, the the groundsman, Brad, here. So, um, yeah, hopefully um, he, he can prepare something that's, that's really good for the game. I was going to ask you about Tasmania. So they're coming off that phenomenal run chase, 400-plus uh, in the fourth innings to post-victory. So uh, they're obviously a clear and present danger right now. Yeah, I mean, they're... Their batters are in form, and even saw that in the in the one day match as well. And and that's yeah, that's going to be the challenge. Um, and they've been kind of building this batting lineup for for a while now. They've got a you know they've got a a, a lineup now that has a, a lot of experience to it, and a lot of them in, in the kind of right right age bracket as well. So um, that's the challenge. You know, we 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 feel if if we could hopefully get the better of their bowling attack because it's you know it's lost a bit with. With um with Siddle and, and Bird leaving it, so um yeah, that's hopefully why we can you know get a bit in the wicket and and um and, and match up well. Well, there you go, Lawrence. So that just as I rudely interrupted you, we just to say that there is a bit more in that wicket, and Chris Rogers almost confirming that um, that'd be the case. You'll be happy with that, I would have thought. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's that's great news for me, and uh, some kind words from him there, especially when talking about our batting unit. Um, you know, he speaks a bit of it being a challenge playing against our team. That's what we want to be known as. But they've also got an outfit that's played in uh, some Shield finals lately, and albeit unsuccessfully, you know, they're, they're no team to sniff at. So we know we've got a, a tough four days coming up, no matter what the wicket looks like. And mate, talk, talk us through your own progression. You've been in Tassie for a few years now. You moved here as a as a young man. Um, you've certainly got an awful lot taller, uh, which is a, you know obviously a great skill in itself as a as a fast bowler. Um, yeah, talk, talk us through your development, what you've been working on, what you've had to uh, change technically, and how that's impacted the start of the uh, start of your season. Because certainly, from a shield perspective, you've you've been very impressive. Yeah, it's been a, a really 
really proud start this year, you know, taking the new ball. I look at some of the guys who've done it in recent times. Obviously, Sids and, and Birdie were, were great for us for a number of years, and um, I was really happy to play second fiddle and, and learn off them, especially as I was developing my game. And um, When it comes to the, the nouth of cricket uh, out in the middle, and um, you know, I've got a, a lot of work physically to do as well as a tall, tall, long individual. So, um, no, it's been, it's been a real privilege to take the new ball um, for Tassie this year and um, no, looking forward to, to doing it for the rest of the season as well. Well, good luck tomorrow, mate. It's a big game. There is going to be a bit more on the deck and that'll, that'll suit in terms of a result. And maybe the Vicks are not going quite as well, Brett, as they have been. So we wish you well and we're very much enjoying the journey, mate, that the Tigers are doing at the moment. Congratulations and long, mate, continue. It's a great win. Well mm. done. Well Thanks done. for joining us, Lawrence. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Lawrence, Neil Smith and Breddy, just before we go to the news, that it was the key point, is that there's no Siddle there now. Mm. Jackson Bird not there, I wish he was, but he's not. But this has given some of these guys an opportunity, hasn't it? Well, and young Lawrence is the, is the one. I've always felt like yeah. he's, you know, he's long, he's got good mechanics. Yes. Um, he, he, his pace will increase as, as, he's, uh, as physically he grows as well. Uh, interesting, Chris Rogers, maybe some questions asked around the conversations he, he's having around the wicket with oh, the no, groundsman. Not. I'm not sure about that. No, every single coaching captain talks <laughs> to the groundsman. Not sure about that. Now. Let's no, get to silly. a break. Please. Great to have you with us, flashing Jeevesy, scooting through the second hour here. Lawrence Neil Smith, our last guest, join us. The Tigers, they're going well. I'm just looking at that roster. Brett, they've got the Vicks tomorrow who aren't going that well. Suddenly you bank another win tomorrow. Mm. They're going to go into the break here shortly. There's obviously one more game before New South Wales to follow. Who New aren't South playing. Wales. Haven't been playing the best cricket no, over the last period. That's right. So they'll, they'll get New South Wales who are... Well, Vic, the Vicks and New South Wales are the bottom two teams as according to the ladder at the moment. Mm -hmm. So what an opportunity to go into the BBL break with some significant momentum. And they've probably got a little... I, I still want to see Carlisle at some stage. Um yeah, well, I mean, I'm not sure where he's at fitness-wise. I actually, to be honest, missed the squad that they've taken Ellis is to there. Melbourne. Is Ellis in the squad? Well, no, look, I don't. Not sure. No, I you I and don't. I are flying here. Um, but <laughs> I, look, I think, I think there's, there's some good signs potentially with a little bit of depth with Carlo and Ellis potentially. Six Tasmanians in that team the other day. That was good. We like that. I know you're big on that, and I'm big on that too. Mm. Lots of and you know and getting some great results. Gabe Bell's groin. I would imagine, and I probably could have asked Lawrence, this might keep him from tomorrow's game. So yeah. I don't yeah. know whether Look, Ellis has come up at all. He'll certainly be a loss. Gabe's been outstanding. We yes, spoke about him last week, and he's someone that can that can fill multiple roles he for you. He can you know, yep. work up the hill into the wind and, and bowl tight. Or, yes, he can. You know, he can be aggressive, uh, strong new ball bowler. You know, plays that, that suitable role that... Um, Gabe probably should have been playing the last couple of years, but we've discussed that and, and, and we'll move forward. I was interested by Chris Rogers' comments that we heard in the in the interview that, that we played uh, for Lawrence Neil Smith, um, just around the bowling attack. and And there's no doubt that it's a it, it's a it's a strong batting lineup that bat all the way down they to do. nine effectively. Froggy yep. Freeman at nine's capable. Uh, Lawrence can bat. Hope and himself. well, Lawrence is at <laughs> 71 not out as yep. a high score. Um, Hope and Owen are the the all rounders at, at seven and eight. So they're, yes. they're certainly batting deep, and that's set up well for that run chase. Obviously, having the, the additional batting, I guess you know that they don't want to be in the position where they are 
reliant on declarations no, no. To, to, to chase runs. So, you know, you still want to be able to have the ability to, to take 20 wickets and bowl teams out. And certainly, you know, Chris's reflection on the team is that that might be the challenge for Tasmania. Um, but that's that's the balance, right? If you go for the additional batting all-rounder, then right. you, know, you, you, you definitely remove a little bit from a bowling perspective. Do you know what I took out of all that is um, the great Jared Whiteley talking about Tassie Shield team. And that, yeah. that doesn't, we wouldn't hear that too often, but that's good. That's good. It's good. No, Tassie's setting up quite nice, and they've been good in the one-day stuff. Caleb Jules, <sighs> just phenomenal. He's seeing the ball very that, nicely. That's an amazing win, that one-day. Queensland were absolutely cruising. They were going to mm. walk it in, and then they've knocked it over. I think it was three or four run-outs. And... You, know, you know what I loved? I, I heard an interview with Caleb Jewell post his 137 off 100. I think he went run a ball yep, for his 137. Yep. But he had enough... Um, I guess humility I to, re- to 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 reflect and mm. say, you know what? Looking at everyone else's strike rate, I, yeah. I may have actually str- may have actually did. struggled a yes. little bit. Yes. But what what he did do, and this is we spoke about this last year about Jake Doran's hundreds early in the season in yes. one day cricket. You can have someone score their hundred at a run a ball, which allows everyone else to be aggressive. Yes, with the, that gets you to a to a huge right. three fifty total. Yep. Um. The, the challenge for for Doran last year is that his hundreds were coming at a strike rate of around seventies, high seventies, low eighties, yep. uh, which means that the his batting partners then have to exceed. Yep. Um. One twenty, one thirty from a strike rate perspective. Now, granted, uh, one of those hundreds came in quite difficult conditions, uh, setting a platform after a, a bad start um but yeah I, I thought it was it was terrific from Caleb to to understand and, and and reflect on the game and look at how everyone else went and have the humility to say hey let's just you know pump the brakes a little bit it, it wasn't 137 off 70 balls um you know, I, right. I, I actually did it quite hard out there at, at times so he's uh, building he's, he's really matured yeah, yeah. no he has yeah. his game's matured as well and he just um I think the lines are open for him over the next couple of years. I don't think he's next in line in terms of David Warner's spot. Talked about that length on the on the coverage. I mean, I I love Cameron Bancroft to get it. Others don't want it. Is it Renshaw? Is Harris? But then you know, Jules is obviously behind all those guys. Mm. But um, you know, there's a long time. He's a, a talent. He's, he's yeah, good. I remember him as a kid in great cricket and. He's a real sloucher and you lack yes. a bit of confidence and he's a completely different player when he's, you know, full of beans and, and, and has faith in, he's in, awesome. in in what he can offer. And he's you know, we're certainly seeing the best of him at the moment. The Tigers absolutely flying, so they're on top of the ladder. I mean too, you know what? We might just touch a bit more cricket here because of Roland because the Hurricanes girls have bounced back nicely. Let's touch on them back to back wins. We will go to a break with Flash and Jeevesy. Great to have our comp- your company. Our company. It's great, to, always it's great for company. you to have our company. For Harrison yeah, Agents. We very lucky. are Tasmanian and very proud of it. Stay with us. This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. Great to have you with us, Flash Jeevesy, on a cool Saturday morning. It's getting hot up. We've got a good week of coming up 28 on friday 26 or 7 next saturday cool today but not too bad it's always fickle this time of the year here for harrison agents we are tasmanian it's time for the toast of the week thanks to 911 your local bottle shop choose to drink wise my toast of the week brett and i haven't told you who this is goes to the most informed domestic cricketer in australia and that's the big six foot eight 
former Tassie under-18s ruckman, Bo Webster. Oh, yeah. No, Stunning. Happy to, happy to toast Bo. He is... Stunning. He's on fire. He uh, I still can't get over his transition to um, fast bowling. That's uh, it's came come late for yeah. him, um, yeah. but certainly at six foot eight, he's got plenty to offer. That yeah. you know, I said to Lawrence Neil Smith, it's a skill being, yes, it is. being that tall. I know. <laughs> it's, a, Makes it's, it's a huge advantage and, uh, and uh, great toast. Well done. And you know, with Bo too, he's he's two hundred centimeters as we know, but he's also he's twenty nine, and you can, like his his physique now, it's man, it's mm. thick. It's dense. It's he's just a big dude. You, you sound excited by it. Well, it's terrific. <laughs> Milton Vineyard. This is where it needs to be out here, Brett. Laura Sparkling Rose, a delicate pale pink sparkling produced on the Tasmanian East Coast. Remember, choose to drink wise. Hey, you know we talked to Naomi Stalenberg last week. Well, she's killing them. And they had just been struggling a little bit and we talked about the big week ahead. Well they won three in a row. Mm. The, the Women's you, Hurricanes. You actually wrote them off. No, I didn't. <laughs> uh, and they are currently, well, they're on the verge of the top four. Um, but it's very, very tight. Adelaide Strikers are on top with four wins from six. Perth are four wins from six second. Brisbane Heat are four wins from five. And then the Thunder are three from four and the Hurricanes are three from five. Then it's a bit of a drop to the Stars, Renegades and Sixes. So they're almost a bit of a breakaway group of let's say five of them perhaps playing for finals but that was a another good result they got over the stars four down in the last over um the girls have found some momentum good on them found a bit of groove we asked Naomi about um about momentum and how to regain it and yes um you know she gave great insight into team building and some of the cultural exercises that they did early from a bonding standpoint um, and that's, you know, they're obviously in a really, really good place. I mean, I think, you know, without putting sort of paraphrasing what, what Naomi said, you know, they've just got a really skilled group of cricketers. They do. Which is of, of huge benefit to them. So, and we've seen that across the last week. Uh, our favourite topic is the Jack Jumpers. talk about me? For, oh, sorry. No, right. Um, and basketball. And in general, of course, you'll catch the Jack Jumpers tonight and see in Tassie. We'll be on live from five. Myself and Chris Simons against the Brisbane Bullets. Five and four Brisbane. Fourth against the four and four Jack Jumbers. They need a win. Um, have you watched much of the NBA this week? All of it. Oh, my, I've watched Every all of it. Every piece of it. Amazing. Yeah. Do you know? I actually don't sleep anymore. Do you know there is, if I go through the teams, I reckon there's, what have we got, 32 teams? Thereabouts. I think you're going to have expansion soon. I think Las Vegas and Seattle are probably going to get some teams. I reckon there is 15 teams that I like to watch. Well, I'll name them. I like to watch Boston, Philly. I still like to watch Trey Young and Atlanta. Orlando are good. Forget about Indiana. Giannis, Giannis makes us want to watch Milwaukee. Brooklyn must see. I think Brooklyn are good. Um, New York are a bit of a, a rabble, and perhaps that's where it ends. Charlotte are interesting. But on the Western Conference... Your Mavericks are going beautifully. Steph Curry's always always worth watching. Denver are just beautiful. New Orleans are funky. Lakers are, well, LeBron James and Marvel. Clippers are the Clippers, and because they've got Harden and Westbrook now, you just don't know what you're going to get. Okay, see you. Absolute must-see. Wemby, Minnesota are good. Uh, Minnesota aren't good. Pardon? Minnesota no, no. aren't good. Okay. They've, they've got they've got two seven footers who yeah, don't know. Got, but they've got Denver's measure, so they've got <laughs> just, the, so they're the only team well, that've unlocked the key to beat Denver. Well, it's Den- weird. Denver are allowed to have a bad a, a bad game. But, no, but that's uh, their bogey team. I think um, 
What I was going to add, you mentioned Harden and Westbrook playing for the Clippers, mm, and there was an interesting amazing. quote from James Harden in, in the introductory <laughs> press conference. I'm not a system player. I, I am the system. And, and he is right. He needs the ball in his hand. He's a bit of a Luka Doncic type player. Like, he if is. you're going to have James Harden in your team, yep. he has to control the ball, and he has to be responsible for establishing the offense. I yeah, don't yeah. think he can play off ball. So what no. happens with Paul George, who's... He's almost having a career year to start. Be- He's been on fire. Yes. Kawhi's back yes. uh, and does what he does. Looks needs, healthy. Needs the ball offensively. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they, they integrate Harden, Imagine. whether he has to become a system player or whether he, he becomes the system. How because- do they stagger the minutes with Westbrook and him? I would imagine they're going to have to bring Westbrook. You know, they're going, They'll probably start them both, but after four minutes, one of them will sit. Yeah. And then... When the other one's down... Well, there's talk of bringing Harden off the bench. I don't think that will happen. Well, people talk um, like he can't play too, which is quite funny. I know he can play. Oh, he's, he's, you know what I mean? he's unbelievable. Like, it's just, despite his... Yeah. You know, he's one of the more hated players around. That's okay. And he... And he's burnt four teams well, in a, a row. He's a problem, isn't he? Yeah. Like he just but, but he, he just gets he gets the salt on and him, wants though. out. He's still his mates love him, and it's weird. I know it's hard to it's hard to sort of get your head around it. Different but I mean, business, the NBA. His last they lost seven games against Boston, and he played four of the most awful games in that series, and then he lit it up for the other three. Mm. There was no in between, mm. and it's just a. MVP, um, I think he gets a bit aggro when... I think he hated missing the All-Star team last year. Cracked the sads for that. Um, anyway, James Harden. But your, your Mavs are going well. A couple, couple of Australians... Pretty, we, had a pretty soft start, the Mavs. A little with, bit. With, with defeat of Memphis. Brooklyn. Spurs first game. Yep. Um, I think Brooklyn are okay. Not bad. They're yeah, okay. They'll yeah, be a pest. Not too bad. They'll be a pest. I think when... when Simmons? Cla- how, how's it going? When Claxton comes back, their big centre, who's they need he's excellent defensively, um, huge, long man, athletic. Uh, he, and, he and Simmons together will create some real defensive I think so. problems. I think Simmons is a little bit more accepting of his role this year, that he, he's, he not is. That, he looks- he's not playing the Giannis downhill role, you know, um, dominant ball handler, but he's... You know, setting screens and and, he's, and and Portland. We spoke about this the other week. He's he's now beginning to be able to take some of that physical contact. Yes. You know, his back's in a better place and physically, he's moving quite well. Offensively, it's going to take him a, a while, I it think, to, to to get anywhere near where he was. But no in that system as well, it was him and Embiid and and you know guys in the corner and Simmons was just getting downhill, running and attacking the basket almost yes. exclusively. So, um, very different role to. From he, Philly Ben versus where he's oh, at yeah. now. And look, he, he will lift his scoring tempo, but he's averaging eight points a game, ten and a half rebounds, mm. seven and a half assists, one and a half blocks. Uh, and he's only turned over a couple of times a game. So his assist to turnover ratio is pretty good at three and a bit. Um, look, he's no, I think he look he's he you'd think he's gonna get better, and I think He's active on the defensive end, isn't he? Well, I think if, if he's willing, and it certainly seems like he has been early, if he's willing to sacrifice mm. um, the, the the offensive side of the ball to be the, yeah. the man defensively, he, he can be Draymond Green for the Nets. I can. Um, can. Great passer, great defender. Better passer than, than Draymond. All due respect to Draymond, who's a good passer. Ben's a bit better, I reckon. Is, okay. he, is that fair? Yeah, uh, yeah that's fair. fair. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and he's I'm not, happy and by the way, he's not Draymond yet either. 
No, there is no. Which I was so going to say, I'm trying to you, balance you that can't out. disrespect no, him no, because no, a phenomenal no. No, 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 basketballer no. plays his role better than anyone in the he league. Does. So yeah, if if Ben if Ben's accepting yep. of that, definitely, um, he, he'll have an enormous impact for for he Brooklyn will. because that, that, they've got enough going on offensively. They, they do. don't need Ben Simmons to Injuries, clunk it up. Johnson not yeah. playing. You mentioned about Thomas Dinwiddie, Bridges. Yeah, they're interesting. Yeah, they got plenty. Uh, Jack Jumpers tonight. That's that's going to be a big one. We're going to look forward to that again. They've got the Bullets. They're four and four, a must-win result. And as we mentioned, we'll be on air here at SEN from 5 p.m. Let's go to a break. We'll come back and wrap up the show with Flash and Jeevesy. Great to have your company. This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. Thanks to Choices Flooring in Hobart, Brisbane Street for all your flooring needs. David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves with you. It's a good guest today. It's a good show. It's been a beauty. Yeah, very good. Love chatting with Froggy. A couple of the apps awesome. are great. It's Jack Rewald with, with his book if you're uh, if you're in the hunt or, and perfectly timed around Christmas time. Definitely. Jack, so uh, the bright side. We didn't. The story didn't come out, and I didn't want to self-indulge. However, he does come clean about the um, whole killers thing, and because um, you know I put him up to it, don't you? I have no idea that you're involved. So I will get an extract from you, and um, I do maybe get a little mention there where he actually. Um, as if you needed, then, as if you needed an opportunity to strut around anymore. You're going to be in Jack's book. Two billion, two billion views of him. Uh, and all the royalties that come with it, and you reckon I've seen a cent course over. What's the killer's front man? What's his name? Um, oh my gosh. That's really good. Well, regardless, good, good on him for allowing Jack to do that, I think. Yes, it's it was good. You know, because it's one of the great international acts. Oh, it would be, um, yeah, that, that would have. Brendan Flowers. Yeah, that's right. That's would have right. been difficult for him to just allow Jack to complete takeover. But one of the great moments. Great to have you with us. Another Saturday morning done and dusted. Go to Jack Jumpers tonight. Tune in from 5pm. It's a big game. Brett and I will be back next week. Great to have you with us. <laughs>